Hello again, Michael. Hey, Dr. Ghoulish. Have a seat. So when we last spoke, you were discussing your insecurities regarding your looks and not feeling desired. Where are we with that? You know, no one ever seems interested in me normally. But this morning, something changed. What was this change you experienced? Well, it started with smiles and stares. Then it escalated to flirting, caressing, kissing. And then we reached the pinnacle of pleasure. We. You and who? Well, I lost count after the 14th person joined in. Can't say we exchanged names. That wasn't important. All we needed was the ecstasy. Sorry, I, I told Elvira not to bother me when I'm in a session with a patient. No worries. In fact, soon worrying will be in the past. Have I told you how delicious you look today, Doctor? Elvira, what is it? I mean, absolutely scrumptious. I want to make love to you, Doctor. What the fuck is going on out there? Love, affection, sex, violence. All of the things we have buried deep within us. Join us, Dr. Gulish. You will experience pleasures your repressed mind could never imagine. Free yourself. Michael, step back. Get. How sweet. How depraved. Do it again. While these two are tapping into their desire for flesh, we should get into our next movie. This movie blurs the line of science and sensuality. It will have you question your morals and your sense of decency. How far are you willing to go? Enter, if you dare. Tonight, I give to you, the people under the scares, shivers. Welcome back, Horror Horrors. This is the People Under the Scares podcast, and this is your host, Mike. I am joined by a special friend here, Brother Ghoulish, and we will be reviewing Shivers. How you doing, Brother Ghoulish? I'm doing great. 
Man, thanks for thanks for bringing me on. I'm super excited. I really wanted to bring you on because I was very curious what you would think of this movie. <laughs> because I, I I've told you before, I love how you and I can watch the same thing and then you open my mind to things I never thought of. So I was curious what you would pick up on with this. I'm happy that um, it was my first time seeing it because I like movies from this time period a lot. Like, just, like, the older, like, everybody's, like, a zombie, but, you know, I know we're going to get, I'm not going to reveal the tea, I'm going to let you get into it, it's a very special kind of of zombie, but, yeah, I, I love coming on and talking about something that I've only just recently seen, like, that keeps it fresh and new for me, because, like, I'm a comfort horror watcher who watches Scream, like, you know, every couple of days, like Nightmare on Elm Street every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So those are like ingrained in my memory. I like something fresh and new to just chop it up, you know? Yes. Oh, so I have plenty of things to send your way then. Yes, please do. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they could find you, like all your projects, everything. So you can find me on social media at Brother Ghoulish um, on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really, really check it like that. Um, you can also hear Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, which is my horror podcast, wherever podcasts are played. I have some other podcast projects that I've only recently released. But um, if you listen to Brother Ghoulish's Tomb, I'll, I'll guide you into all the other madness. <laughs> and if you want to meet me in person, I'm haunting an underpass near you. So look out. <laughs> I love when you say that. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, and definitely check out Brother Ghoulish. Okay, definitely check that shit out. Because he's very interest not introspective, but you are very uh you are able to pick up on metaphors and shit that just it's mind boggling. And I'm like, ooh, I didn't see that. I didn't know this. I didn't think about this. It's like you'll have me rethinking a lot of shit. <laughs> the funny thing is though, I know for a lot of the stuff like I'm digging, but I just have I just have fun with it because like since I do like, um, you know, writing horror as well and also reading a lot of horror, I get, like, these views into things, like, from a different perspective sometimes. And it may or may not be there, but I think that's part of the fun. You know, like, when a bunch of people watch the same thing and share notes, and then we all can kind of, like, see all these different perspectives. Because art is like that, you know? Everyone's going to get a different perspective. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, what have you been watching recently? I've been watching like a lot of folk horror um, because I have this. Uh, like, we talked a little bit beforehand, so you already know like about the event coming up. So I've been just digging back in the annals and just watching as much folk horror as humanly possible. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Like I watched what's called the Unholy Trilogy, which is um, the three horror films that are cited as like inspiration for more modern folk horror. So the Blood on um, Satan's Claw. The Wicker Man, the original one, not the not the questionable one, um, <laughs> and the uh, the Witch Finder General, which all came out in the late sixties and early seventies. Well, so I did see the original Wicker Man. I actually like the Nicolas Cage one, even though it's weird. Um, <laughs> I have not seen I those other two. I can't talk to it. Like you know, I like the Amityville where they go back in time, so I can't talk to it. <laughs> We all have our little guilty pleasures. We're all allowed to have them. Yes. That's it. So I have to watch those other two movies then before I listen. I think you'd like them. I mean, they're they're very 
I don't want to spoil anything. Like, mm-hmm. if I I didn't particularly like, you know, I don't want to spoil it. But we'll talk about it. Like, we'll get into a whole thing. So, okay. yeah, I, I, I think you'd love it. <laughs> Just let me know in the back end. Y'all ain't going to hear shit. So that's fine. Right. I, <laughs> let's see. So I have a few icebreaker questions for you. Ooh, yummy. Just to get us a little loose in the mood, even though I'm already drinking. <laughs> me too. I'm with you. <laughs> First question. What movie would you say made you fall in love with horror? I would say Scream. It was one of the earliest ones that I watched. And I didn't really care so much about all the meta when I was that young. I just liked Sydney as a character a lot. I liked that her friends were, you know, so much into horror. And I liked the whole vibe of Scream. And it just perseveres for me. So it just made me fall in love with the genre. Yeah, that movie, because, you know, people were saying that that it, horror had a resurgence around the time Scream came out because of this movie. And I, the earliest memory I have is sneaking to watch this. I think my parents tried to hide it somewhere in the, in their room. I snuck and watched this in one of the Freddy Krueger movies. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, like, this is better than everything anything else i've rented from blockbuster in a minute <laughs> yes blockbuster yes <laughs> i love me some tatum sydney i i love when she starts fighting back um i do now i can appreciate the meta shit back then like you saying like i i didn't really pay attention to that but ooh, so i was telling bobby that i wanted to have you him and mark on for a final girl uh like Almost like celebrity death match kind of situation. Ooh, that would be fun. I'm in already. Like, just let me know when y'all want to do it. Like, I'm. I would love that, especially with Mark being there, because you already know the T on Mark. Yeah, he knows like all the horror T. So exactly. So that's why I got to think of categories or scenarios, and then we have to kind of argue it out and see which final girl would actually survive in this scenario. Because Mark going to know all the information, and I don't know everything. <laughs> yes so I have to throw curveballs but I think that would be kind of fun to do and then I wanted to do like a horror villain versus kind of episode but um, I gotta like work out the kinks on that one Mm -hmm. both of those sound really fun like a lot of fun and it also reminds me of being a kid when we used to have celebrity deathmatch but that for horror and I feel like it's just gonna be so (laughs) it's gonna be hilarious (laughs) You know, because Sydney, Sydney is real good. She'll slap the shit out of somebody, punch them. I mean, Lori has guns now. Um, and that's another thing I was thinking. We could, like, do different um, variations of a character. So you could have original Halloween Lori. Or you could have this new Lori. Like, mm. kind of switch it up a little bit. But any, let me, we're going to save that. Let's see. Next question. What would you say your favorite death or alleged death? Of a horror mm-hmm. villain is. Hmm. That's hard. I would... Because it's just the first one that comes to mind. Um, in H2O, when we thought Jamie was decapitating Mike. And um, he was reaching out. I think that one just got cemented in my memory for always. Because, like, Michael... Like, growing up, I grew up in a Michael Myers household. Like, we didn't really watch Friday the 13th. I hadn't really seen too much Jason. Um, 
like I had seen all the Halloweens. Um, I had seen like some of Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I saw, I think like the first few ones, and then like The Exorcist. Like though, like my list was very short, and there were like some Stephen Kings, but Michael Myers was cemented for me as like this immortal being. And so for her to decapitate what I thought was him, it just sent like a shockwave through me. It sent a shockwave through the house. And it also sent a shockwave through like the um, the playground. Like when I would go to school and talk about it with my friends, like everyone was talking about it, like that Michael had been decapitated. And little did we all know they would, you know, do a switcheroo and in, in resurrection. And, oh. and it just like ruined this iconic moment. <laughs> It's crazy because had we known that they were just going to do like a different universe kind of situation, they could have just kept resurrection and had Michael die in that and that send off. Because, I mean, that was just such a badass kill. The music, yes. the, the, the swing of the axe, her luring her in kind of like she taught Karen and doing these other movies. I, everything, I don't even know how somebody could not like that ending. But, um, that's how that's how I felt too. Like, how could you not stand? Yes, from the moment she like busted the the little I don't know contraption that would open the gate, and she's screaming his name, breaking the glass to get the axe, and she's like running around looking for him. Which I'm hoping we kind of get that energy in this Halloween ends next year. Oh yes, please! If they do a call back to that, everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Oh, <laughs> I got excited thinking about that. <laughs> Shoot, same. That is definitely high up on there. I love that kill. Um, let's go with what is a non-horror movie or TV show you would like to see turned into a horror movie? First of all, can I give you and Bobby props for y'all answers? Because when y'all said Gullah Gullah Island and Spice World, I almost crashed my damn car laughing at y'all. Like, hilarious. Um, the funny thing is, I don't... Let me think. If I had to choose one to horrify something... Hmm, what's something... The Devil Wears Prada. And let me explain to you why. If it turned out that Miranda Priestly was actually like, I don't know, like Satan's bride. I can't think of her name, Lilith or something. And so, um, you know, you get glimpses of her pulling up leather boots to cover her hooves or, you know, like coiffed hair to cover her horns. And you're literally in the belly of the beast because, because like the devil really does wear Prada to cover the horns. You know, like that's, I think I'd love to see that. <laughs> you you need to write that. <laughs> I don't know if I could land that plane, but shit, I would try. Shit. I'm gutsy. I mean, you know I wrote about killer thighs, yes. so there's nothing off territory for me. <laughs> I would Oh my god. Okay, get yeah, that. Mhm. I would read the fuck out of that. I would... <laughs> That's an amazing answer. I I have up to so, I don't know how old people are that are watching this, but there was a show on HBO called Oz. Mm. So, which is a very, I would say sexy, maybe other people wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> it's a very sexy show about prison and obviously prisoners in there and the different um, dynamics they have with each other and then the uh, people in charge. But it would be interesting to me if they were like built over some kind of gate to another dimension or even 
kind of like on Buffy, like a Hellmouth or something, and there's all this crazy shit going on within mm. the prison. Yes. But they still get to keep the sexy. They can't get rid of that. I, I like that. I mean, first of all, Oz is also sexy to me, but <laughs> there's already something frightening about prisons in terms of like um, just, I can't think of what the word is, but it's that same feeling that you feel in any type of horror movie that's encapsulated like in one central right. place. Like the. You're like the isolated. It, thank you. Like that isolationism. Like. I think that's what's so creepy about what we went through in quarantine, like just feeling like those four walls and then seeing movies like The Shining hit different when you've just been stuck inside. So, like, I would love to see that on a prison level because that's like the ultimate level of isolationism. Like, you're literally just stuck with all these people who are also criminals. Yes, that is. what. So I was just thinking of all the different characters that they could, you know, well, it'll probably be different characters. But in my fantasy... <laughs> yes, a lot of the same characters and scenarios, just with a little horror twist to it. And the other one I was thinking was, uh, so it would be a Real Housewives situation, but it would be one of those trips that they take, and it'd be kind of uh, Scream esque. There's a killer killing them, but it's actually multiple killers, and it's all of their husbands trying to kill them off. Oh. Gimme, gimme. I would love that. Just a little something, something. Just a little fantasy thing. I would, even if it's like a little five-minute sketch or something, I would watch that. Yeah, me too. Oh, but we need to. But we need to work on yours. You, you, you. I want. I want. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I think like I just have like this undying love for Devil Wears Prada, like. It's just one of those movies that because I watch nowadays, if something's not hard, I don't I don't really watch it like that. Like there's a very few things in the pool of non horror that I watch, like obviously Insecure is one of those things. Yes, obviously, because um, it's so amazing. Um, Gossip Girl, which Bobby got me into. <laughs> yes. Um, Generation as well, which Bobby also got me onto. <laughs> He's like responsible for a lot of <laughs> a lot of the newer shows because I'm just such a comfort watcher. But Devil Wears Prada is just one of those things. It's just, it's so perfect. And to see that in horror, I get like two things satisfied at once. Oh my God. So she has to keep the line. By all means, move at a glacial pace. You know how that thrills me. That, so if she's chasing someone, she has to still say that. <laughs> it has to be somebody slow. But, oh, that movie's amazing. She needs hooves, horns. I, I, I approve. Yes. That would be everything. All right, and I have one more question. I just made this one up today, so let's see. Let's say a zombie apocalypse breaks out and you got to choose your own crew. What characters, and this is open-ended from any kind of movie, video game, shows, anything, who would you choose to team up with? Okay, so this is going to be very off the beaten path, but I've thought about this a lot. So um, I play this game called Magic the Gathering, um, and it's like um, there's these characters inside of this world that are called planeswalkers. And so what they can do is they can walk in between, like it sounds, the planes of reality. So if there's like such thing as a multiverse, they could walk to our world, but then also their own. And it's proof that magic gathering exists in the same world as our own world 
Um, there's this one named Liliana Vess. And so when she was like a little girl, her brother was murdered or he died somehow. I can't remember exactly how he died. Like, I, I can't remember for some reason. And her trauma and grief around his death triggered her planeswalker spark. So that's the thing that made her a planeswalker, the grief and trauma of this. And it just so happens that she is a necromancer, so she can raise the dead. Um, and she can also command the dead. Um, and there's more that she can do. Like, she's an amazing character, just um, on the level of, like, fantasy, dark fantasy and horror. So um, she actually, the first person she ever uses her necromancy on is her brother. And it goes terribly, terribly wrong. And it almost makes her kind of like an anti-hero where she's not a villain. She's not really a good person. She's mm-hmm. just kind of in that gray space because of all the trauma that she's been through as a planeswalker. I would team up with her because she could command like the undead and yes. she can actually like use them for my own means. <laughs> and the funny thing is it depends on when you catch her in her <laughs> storyline because she's also like a shysty character. Like she's done all these deals with um, demigods Um and so they kind of own her body because like she's she's fractioned off her soul and stuff so that she can get more and more and more power. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of in a weird space. <laughs> but so I would want to get her during that time because she's a little less dangerous. Um, she's long since been exonerated. Like her storyline is like 20 years long, but she's long since been exonerated from the the binds that hold her. So she's like way dangerous right now. And I wouldn't want to be anywhere near her. <laughs> I want like desperate her. I don't want like I don't want like fully realized her. Like, but she'd be the best person. Like, she can even kill people with a single touch and shit like that, and then turn them into zombies to to you know obey her. So she's everything and beyond. <laughs> so you kind of I feel like you guys would kind of be villains. <laughs> oh yeah, for y'all sure. Controlling his y'all would be like what was it? The Whisperers on The Walking Dead. Who you would be walking amongst the uh, walk <laughs> and controlling the although that'd be very beneficial. That's a great oh, answer. I'm just obsessed with her. I don't know why I'm even thinking about her. Like I literally <laughs> I haven't thought about Liliana in like over six or <laughs> seven months, but when I hear zombies, I think of her because she's just she's boss. Like she does everything. Yeah. Necromancer. Brilliant. Okay. I I was going really outlandish with mine. I was like X-Men characters. And I was like, that's a little bit too much. <laughs> so, so no, it's not. I was like, what? Let me bring it down a little bit. Because I was going to be like, you know, Storm, Jubilee, Rogue. I'll even throw Jean Grey in there for the Jean Grey fans. But I, So I decided to go with Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because to me, she's just as good as Buffy with a little more flair. Bonnie from Vampire Diaries. Because she's a witch. She has an insane amount of power. And let's be real, that town would have been fucked without Bonnie. Um, yeah, he would have been. <laughs> but I said Piper just because she could freeze and blow up shit and it would be fun. Piper's also very smart. So, like, mm-hmm. you having her on your team, she's going she's gonna to pay off on multiple levels. Not just, like, the power quotient. But she's going to probably think of a way to get you out of the apocalypse, too, because she's just that fucking smart. Like, I love I love yeah, Piper. She would be the leader. Absolutely. I'll end up following Piper. <laughs> She'll be the leader. <laughs> She'll make the, the logical plans, and she'll talk me out of, or us, out of any crazy shit we were planning. And um, just for carnal reasons, Travante Rose from Moonlight. 
I'm mm-hmm. not really sure what he'd be good at other than that. But that that's my that's my <laughs> list of people. I like your list. At least it has some man bait in it. Like if I bring Liliana, the only man bait that she's going to do is like pulling about the ground, and I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know if I can touch anything coming out the ground. Like can that's going to be. Could she like change the look of the dead? She probably could. I mean, she has like um. She's also like a what is it called? I can't think of it right now. But she's a spellcaster as well, so she can she can do spells. It's just most of it is like um, necromantic. So you, I mean, you could have like the dude from uh, like Hocus Pocus that they the I forgot his name, the zombie dude with the crazy hair that they brought out of the grave to attack the kids. Oh yeah yeah yeah! I can't think of his name either. Something like that, I guess. Just, just at the very least, make me hallucinate so it looks like somebody else. That's all I ask. She, she can probably do that, <laughs> but it might come at a cost. Like it might give you like <laughs> some type of like necrotic wound or some shit. Oh, like now I'm going to uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that's like my secret like thing. I like dark fantasy as much as I like horror, but I don't ever talk about it. Like I, I love dark horror, like dark fantasy. Oh, you should. It's interesting. No, I've never played that game though. So don't. It's addictive, and it'll take all your <laughs> it'll take all your coins. Like Dead by Daylight is superior, in my opinion. Like another thing, Bobby got me onto. Um, <laughs> ever since I started playing Dead by Daylight, I have not bought one single Magic card. I still buy Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but that's different. <laughs> I so so the card thing because I remember buying Pokemon cards. But I never really understood how to play these games. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And I would get them just because of the way they looked. Um, but I never really knew what to do with them. So I imagine that is the, similar to this? Um, All the games are similar. Like, I'm not even going to sit up here and be like, no, they're not. But, like, um, <laughs> Magic is, like, the, the oldest of those games. Um, it precedes Ew. Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And as a result, it has a deeper and richer lore. And so it's very it's very well crafted. The basic idea is that you're a wizard, I'm a wizard, or planeswalker. I mean, some people have different theories. And what we're experiencing when we play this game is just a battle of our wits. We're just trying to do what we can. And you don't just win by killing each other. That's just one way. You can win through a myriad of different ways. So it's very fun. It's very imaginative and creative. And it's amazing to play with your friends. And they're not paying me. <laughs> I know this sounds like an ad. Just hit me. Like, if, for a matter of fact, don't play that fucking game. They're not giving me no coins. <laughs> Go to church, y'all. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel like if I had friends who were into that, I probably would have been able to explore it a little bit more. So I pretty much was just a video game person. But that sounds fun. I, I might have to look into this, actually. And Dead by Daylight, we're going to figure out when we're going to have a meetup for this again. Because I, I refuse to us keep dying every fucking time we play this game. And then we got Michaela now? Like, yes. yeah, it ain't going down like that. Even though they nerfed her healing ability. I'll tell you after the recording, but they nerfed it. I think it's crazy that we cannot really fight back in this game. Th- that's why I was excited for the witch because it seemed like an opportunity to do that. So it's just going to be a bunch of witches, probably. I, I think people would be tired of like flashing uh, flashlights in the women's eyes, trying to do something. 
Barbie told me there's someone who can kind of like do something to the killer. It might be Jake Paul. I can't remember exactly like what the circumstances, but there's there's one character who can interact with killers. Did you say I mean, Jake Paul? Is is that his name? Jacob Paul. What's his name? Jacob. Is that a YouTuber. Child, it might be. I was watching YouTube a lot. Like, <laughs> I was <laughs> last time I fly. I was under uh, the the spell of green, and I was watching YouTube. So it's all running together on me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I because I was wondering, I was like, is this somebody that looks like him? Like somebody looks like Issa Rae in that game? Oh, let me, <laughs> that is Issa Rae. I I feel like that is her. Like no one can tell me otherwise. I don't, I don't even know her real name. <laughs> She's getting a check. She's like, look, y'all gonna put me in this video game. I'm gonna have TV shows unlocked, movies, and video games. And a book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's doing Different the points. I really hope that's what the case is, and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get into this movie, because I thought of you, obviously, and I was like, I wonder what he would think of this film. I did not warn you, which charged that to my brain, not my heart. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> I did not warn you. So Shivers is, okay, so the plot is the residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn into mindless sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. This to me was basically Freaknik, but it's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but Freaknik mixed in with it. I love that exp- explanation. Because this rewatch, I was like, oh, I forgot this shit happened. Like, this is a little bit uh, out there. Like, I would imagine they would not be able to do this today, or not like this. It did have like that Freaknik kind of vibe to it. <laughs> um, I didn't think about that, but it's very that. Um, I have like all these like weird theories about what the filmmakers might have been thinking about when they did this because it's very strange. But um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this because when you think about, it felt like a zombie film like a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, obviously with that component of them being very horny when when they get infected by yes. these things. So when I think about like horny undead, I think about more so vampires or like, mm-hmm. like werewolves or something, but it was so distinctly not that. And then there were so many elements that felt like alien. Yes, it did seem that way. Like I was telling you, like I remember there being some kind of parasites, but I didn't remember how it came about because I probably wasn't paying attention at the beginning when I first watched <laughs> this movie. So, it did seem very alien-esque. And usually, whenever we're watching movies like this, it is something that is otherworldly and not from here. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it was created here is kind of interesting. Typical, but interesting. <laughs> Typical. Like, like I, would, I would expect a human to try to do this. I would, too. Um there were two points that like kind of just like stuck out to me and I was like, Oh my God, like this is, this is interesting. Like even like when it started like rolling in Mm -hmm. and like, and if you were going to like break it down, like that first scene alone where they're talking about the Starliner tower apartments and that weird commercial, the sound score is kind of eerie and like Mm -hmm. 
scary, but everything that they're describing is like very, you know, perfect, like almost paradise. And I think the sound score does a great job of reminding you that things that seem too good to be true oftentimes are like, that's what it felt like. And I was very excited, like, cause you suggested the film to me, like when I turned it on and I saw that beginning, I was pulled in immediately. Like it, it the ambiance was really, really cool. Like this idea that, Oh, we have all these perfect amenities. You know, they're like, we're 12.5 minutes from Montreal. We have ample parking and a great view of the St. Lawrence River. Luxury accoutrement. <laughs> and great on-site amenities like a pool and nearby shops. And, like, the music is creepy as fuck. And I'm like, this is so real. Like, these ads be pumping shit all the way up. But anything that sounds too good to be true, baby, it is. It like, is. Yeah. I was like, y'all have a doctor, a dentist, on, like, on location. And it took me in the rewatch actually realizing, like, this was an isolated... It was an island. For some reason, I did not notice that the first time around. So they are on an island, isolated from Montreal. I missed that, that it was an island. That's even creepier. And then the during the ad, which was, like, two and a half minutes long, I was like, they would not do that in the movie today. Because <laughs> people would be so over it. But... <laughs> He was like, yeah, you might as well be a million miles away. So like, oh. For real. <laughs> oh, and how could I be? So the director is Cronenberg, of course. So it's a very body horror kind of movie. There are definitely moments where I'm like, Ugh. he's really good at creating situations that make me a little creeped out. So like he, he was a part of Rabid. Uh... The Fly, Videodrome, The Brood. Like, there's many movies he's been a part of that are gross but good. Gross but good. We're true horror fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, if you don't, if you saw Cronenberg's name, where you kind of, kind of figure, you know where we're about to go with this. So it's it's charged like that, isn't it? You hear Cronenberg, and it just <laughs> the na- the name precedes like what we're about to get into. It's just like, okay, how do I need one uh, barf bag? Do I need to not be eating certain things during this movie? Um, luckily, I was fine. And I was... <laughs> we might be desensitized to these things by now, but I was kind of fine at this point. But let's... Uh, that was a soak in my mind. Let's go ahead and get into it. So we, you did mention already that they had the promo for the Starliner Towers. Uh, luxury apartment complex although i was like this is 70s luxury because when they were saying this i was like this looks like my aunt's place or oh. my grandmother's house. like so like cousins i was like okay but i feel that y'all have everything up in here you don't you literally do not have to leave this um area if you don't want to but the movie starts off very like what the fuck is going on so we have like a doctor who is I don't know if we've confirmed that he slept with this person or not, this girl. They did confirm it. And Mm. it's dark. Because, like, the one thing about the movie jumping around as much as it does, like, there's all these bits and pieces that keep getting spilled. But, yeah, he he actually, like, was a teacher at the all-girls school that she was at when she was, like, 12 years old. And at that time, when she was 12... And his name was Hobbs. Like mm-hmm. he was caught like giving her a breast exam in the in the faculty lounge. 
and he knew about because the other dude, the other doctor, told uh, the protagonist, what was his name, Roger, about this, which is yeah. a whole other thing. I was like, man, mm. man, looking out for each other, not saying shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there mm. were definitely points in this movie. I was like, yeah, this would not fly today. There's no way. I don't even think they would show this today. Um, but yeah, so. The doctor basically is, um, he is fighting this young girl, which you can tell she's a young girl because she's like in some kind of outfit. And, uh, but you don't really know her age. So to hear 12 at some point in the movie, you're like, ooh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, like, I think, like, towards the end, they revealed her age. And I was like, I mean, she don't look like she was really 19, but I'm going to leave that alone. (laughs) I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> I'm not going to touch on like all of the weird. I'm going to let you continue. Cause like if I, if I go on a tangent that we won't ever continue. So they're fighting in this, in this um, apartment and you don't really know what's going on, but obviously innately you're like rooting for her in whatever the scenario is. He's choking her out. They're on the couch. He ends up choking her to death. And then he, <laughs> starts to slice open her stomach or abdomen and he's pouring something in her stomach. I couldn't tell what that was. Was it like acid or something? I don't know. Uh, and they did a bad job of like closing that loop. I mean, people watching, uh, sorry, listening are probably like, no, they explained it in this reel, but no, I, I feel like I watched it like thoroughly mm-hmm. and I did not hear an explanation of what the hell they put inside of that girl. <laughs> it was weird. So it was like, okay, he's, Killing her to like if this was your first watch, like it was your first watch, you're like, okay, why the fuck? Okay, you're killing somebody. I get it. It's a it's a movie, but why are you pouring acid inside of someone or some kind of chemical? And then um and then he kills himself. I should probably pre- so I put, should put a disclaimer like this is probably a triggering movie depending on <laughs> what you've been through. <laughs> so there is uh, if if you've had any kind of sexual assault or you've dealt with someone who's committed suicide, there is some shit in this movie. Probably should have said that early on. Um, so we get him committing suicide. And then we meet uh, the cutie of the movie. <laughs> uh, Nick. Mm-hmm. Who is um, having some kind of stomach issues. I think they call them convulsions. And uh, <laughs> he goes into the apartment I didn't catch this until the second time. He was looking for the girl, Annabelle, but he found both of their bodies. So this is somebody who also was sleeping with her in this apartment complex. Mm-hmm. One of many, apparently. Uh, so he finds the bodies, and then we are also introduced to, like really introduced to our protagonist, Roger, who is also a provider, a medical par- provider. So he is at the apartment and he was told to come there by this doctor and to have lunch. So he wanted to show him what he's been working on, basically. And then once Nick is having his convulsions, he convulsions. (laughs) (laughs) It's really weird because. Oh, the way, like, again, Cronenberg, like, the way these things are moving around in their bodies is, is disgusting to me. 
It was kind of hard to <laughs> But I was like, I'm also living for it at the same time. I was living for it, too. Um, it, it was kind of, for me, like mind-boggling that this was 75 because it didn't look cheesy. Um, and maybe it's because I grew up watching um, so many movies from that time period. I might be biased. I don't know. Like, a Gen Zer may watch it and be like, oh, no. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? But, right. But for me, I was very disturbed as well. Like, just seeing the... It doesn't take much. Because there's something about, like you said, the body horror of seeing something like moving around underneath someone's flesh Ooh. that is actually that's naturally frightening to me. That's like yes. that's enough. Like it's the same thing with like eye trauma or um, scalping people, mm-hmm. like or that terrifier scene where they like saw that girl in half down, <laughs> you know, lengthwise. Like there, there's a very short list for me. I'm definitely desensitized, but just seeing something move around underneath someone's body, like ugh, ugh. So gross. It, it it immediately brings me back to the mummy when what was those scarabs or whatever those things were called were under would burrow under their skin, but you still see them moving around. It's like uh, take me out now. I'm I can't yes. even process this happening to me. Let's, let's just, mm-mm. It's gross, but this is this is why he is who he is. He's able to make us feel things, and yet we are still watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's like a train wreck, you know? It's like you're watching it, but you can't... It's so disturbing, but you just cannot look away. It's also (laughs) fascinating, too. It is fascinating. I I love the medical component to this, and it isn't just, oh, some alien came down and is jumping in people's mouths and shit, even though I also enjoy watching that. Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. (laughs) It being a medical component, to me, it speaks to how we will be our own undoing Mm. inevitably. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I feel like that's kind of the vibe that I think... And I'm saying this like I've met the the filmmaker. <laughs> Obviously, I have not. Uh, but I kind of feel like he's making a bold statement about how, like you're saying, we can be our own undoing. But through the vein of like how, you know, when we're all kind of like... I'm trying not to say it a particular way. I'm trying to be very ginger with the way I say this because I am a sex positive person. Um, and I feel like there are moments of this of this movie that feel like slut shaming to me. And I'm, I'm not really yes. for that, to be honest. Um, however, I think the filmmaker was trying to make a statement about how sex can be the undoing of perfection or like our society, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because by setting up the Starliner Towers, it feels like this perfect place to be like it's generally okay um and the thing that is really it's undoing in the residence within is sex you know they're all just trying to ravage each other it's you know in these sexual ways and it feels like that's what they were trying to lean into and you and you almost feel like a call back to like babylon from like the bible Mm. or something and you think about how conservatives try to say that like the heralding of the end of times is like all of these things and a lot of it is very sexual but I don't know. Like, it was very... It felt like that's what the filmmaker was trying to kind of lean into. Like, the, how sexual depravity will be the end of us all. And even you think about how much of it feels like an ad. Like, <laughs> you know, like... I this think is that's your brain on sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, it feels like that. I definitely agree. I felt... Mo- it, there were moments watching this, I was like... 
I mean, this just feels like I'm on Twitter or something right now, the way people speak. Like, if, if somebody's in your DMs, I was like, this doesn't sound too off from where we are now with the sex positivity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, again, I don't know if this would really work. To the, like, they would have to really up the ante with this kind of movie if they, were, for example, were going to reboot or remake this. Because it honestly is, granted, these people are forcing themselves on people. So that's the other part. Um, but I definitely was going wanted to touch on the whole how it se- seems like there's this this rift between sex positivity and like repression in this movie. It's very the it feels like and once again it may be unintentional but it feels like the filmmaker was definitely coming from a very conservative place and how sex can be our undoing like it it feels like that's what the motive of this film was for sure like it was like a a huge um what was the name of that thing we were growing up that was trying to keep kids celibate um i, I, I can't remember but yeah <laughs> um what was the church Oh no! <laughs> Look, I am a born and raised heathen baby. I did not go to church. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop because my mom does listen to shit I be on, and she's definitely gonna hit me up. Like, excuse me. It's funny that you said that yesterday. My mother called me. She's like, "Oh, so you started your podcast? You didn't tell me, which I did." And she was like, "Just, just you don't talk bad about God, do you?" Just. Oh. And I was like, "Oh," which is why I'm gonna have her on for some alien. Uh, shit and not anything what she would be considering demonic because that would be a whole other conversation (laughs) during the podcast so I was thinking of bringing her on for like the blob or something Um, but yeah it was definitely I didn't do too much research to see what his actual messaging was or what he was trying to do with this film if anything but I agree I definitely felt that while watching this like sex is going to be the end of us. Have you always craved to put a podcast out into this dark, dread-filled world, but didn't have a clue where to begin? Well, look no further. The Anchor app is free of monetary cost, but it will require some sort of payment. A pint of blood? Maybe a firstborn? You could also relinquish your soul. Small price to pay, really. All the creation tools you need to record and edit right on your phone or computer are included. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get started. Join Anchor today if you think you can hack it. And um, we actually, when we meet Roger, he goes to meet the other provider, Lin- or the scientist, Linsky. And he's telling Luke what him and Hobbes have been doing. They've been working on some projects to create a parasite that can take over the function of human organs. So, like, if you have, I don't know, a liver that's malfunctioning, this parasite can be put inside of you. And somehow it um, starts to act as a liver. And it, it helps you, which... Clearly, Hobbs was lying. We find out later in this movie. 
because Hobbes got grant money to do this work and these studies, and he, we find out later, which I probably should wait till later, honestly. Uh, yeah, let's wait till later to find out what he. Well, fuck it. They know if you've seen this movie, you know what's happening. You know the team. <laughs> so Hobbes <laughs> basically is a freak, and he wants to mm-hmm. be able to fuck who he wants when he wants, and he wants the world to do that and he feels like uh well what he wanted to really create was a combination of what he called an aphrodisiac and mm-hmm. a venereal disease and yeah. he wanted to turn the world into a big old orgy and yep, a mindless orgy i think successful okay if this were how we're going to go down i could see this work so i have a movie playing in the background and it's at the lumps in the stomach scenes i'm trying to not look at that so I and it's weird because on one on a small small part of me I'm like I understand what he's saying. If it were done a different way, I could be more behind it. And which if he killed the girl in the beginning of the movie, Hobbes, who he put the parasite in, maybe he realized okay she's running the muck. She's not doing what I thought she was going to be doing. She's not in control of herself, which would negate what he's trying to do. Um, and so he kills her. And I, to me, I don't know. I'm still back and forth with it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like my repressed, traditional, pre-15 in church side is arguing with my 2021 side and what's going on Amen. in this movie. Well... You know what I think it might like what you might be tussling with it's I mean it's the reality of like sex you know sex mm-hmm. can be this thing that brings people close together and it can be something that is very positive but there is kind of like the darker side of what can come from it and a lot of it has been taught to us when we we're in grade school you know you can right. you know accidentally get pregnant um and if that's not ready for you it can change your life in many different ways there are SCDs but even around the time this film was made, which was the 70s, we all know about, you know, the AIDS epidemic right. and like all the things that were going on around that time. So sex is this very archaic way of looking at both bringing life into the world, but then also destroying life. You know, it, it works both ways. And this film has both a taste of both of those things, because like through sex, you are bringing life into the world through these weird parasites. But then you're also destroying each other in ways that they handle on screen but sex was destroying lives in the 70s in ways that we hadn't seen prior yeah. it was a true it was a true horror story and so i was i, I actually misquoted because the thing is the 80s is really where the aids epidemic happened but it was it was stemming from the 70s which is a free love period so that was the catalyst for what ended up becoming you know something that we all rejoiced in together through sex it became something that destroyed lives essentially so I think that's what we grapple with when we think about sex. Like we are sex positive, but we also know that there is a need to protect yourself right. and to also understand the dangers therein, you know? Absolutely. It, it's almost as if in this, there are no dangers. And that speaks to what you're saying. If you act impulsively, you don't think of dangers. You're just thinking of pleasures. Yeah. And um, again, I, who doesn't? Uh, but <laughs> Amen. I, I hate to say it, but like that's why you can't judge people like this. Like with a, like in all black and white, there is gray because like when you're in the moment, 
I mean, we, I mean, I can't say we all, you know, but I can just speak for myself. You know, I've been in situations where I could have protected myself better, but I got caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's humanity. Mm-hmm. It is. And at, well, we know they weren't protecting themselves in this movie. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, and they also did speak to it as if, which I guess technically since that doctor was also um, dealing with, um, he was combining with a venereal disease. Technically, I guess it would could be considered an STI. Um, and they were trying to, in a way, they because there's multiple men who show up like, yeah, I met up with some girl and we, mind you, whether they're married or have a girlfriend or not in this building. I met up with this girl. We had a good time. She had some lumps on her uh, stomach, but I thought it was sexy. This, mind you, the man who said this was a senior citizen, seventy maybe. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm not gonna go there, but <laughs> I'm just saying she doesn't. She wasn't um, discriminatory in who she was pursuing in this because she was just looking for pleasure which is what this doctor wanted. Um, but to get back into the cutie, my um, husband, because I have to have one in every movie. Um, <laughs> yes. First of all, yes. Nick, Nick who uh, is having his stomach issues, uh, and he finds the bodies and everything. The, the uh, cops come. They ask around what's going on. Nick decides to leave work early because he's suffering from more of these stomach issues. And then you... I don't, you, he vomits over the balcony one of the parasites over the railing and then it, and then it hits this lady's um, umbrella a clear umbrella so it's like bloody and she thinks it's a bird uh, okay whatever which is fine and, and then uh, <laughs> the parasite slithers back inside and then it, we see the, for the first time one of the parasites attack someone and attacks this lady going to do her laundry in the basement, which I, I've had lived in places where you have to go to the laundry room in the basement it is a little creepy. Oh, yeah. Because <clears throat> you never really know who's down there. Also, people be moving your shit, and that's another problem. They used to be creepy to me, but then I hooked up in one once um, when I was in college, and it was the hottest thing ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... I've had like a 360. Um, well, it was more like a 180. But, um, but like, because they definitely were like, um, I was like, should we close the door? Like, in case, and, and you know, they're like, no. Mm. Ooh. So, you know, I was getting the vapors on the scene, it's, yes. especially when it, you know, lunged on her and attacked her. I was sent back immediately. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that's hot. I, oh, I wish. Oh my, I get it. Somebody could walk in on us. So let, let's just go with it. Let's just go with right. it. And what they going to do? Shit. <laughs> uh, probably join in, if anything. No, nah, but I'm talking shit. But I, the, like, the, the reality is I wrapped it up early because I was like, no, this is, this is spooking me too much. <laughs> we we got to go back to our dorm. Like, I'm, I'm not doing this right I now. mean, it, it could have been somebody with a parasite in them. You never know. This made me think I would have been one of these people because if Nick approached me, and I was single. I probably would have fallen victim to his. Adv- Although his advances were not cute, they were not really. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have fell for him. So I get it. The dark hair, the eyes. Um, 
He's very handsome. He's a very handsome man. And he was a little hairy, too. Yes. I was like, okay, 70 sexy. I see it. I see it. Yes, give me all of that. Lay that 70s uh, <laughs> on top of me, baby. I like that guys back then, you know, left hair on their body. I, I find that very attractive. So I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I agreed. I was talking to someone yesterday, and they mentioned something about Rogaine, which I don't really know how that works. But <laughs> in my head, I was like, if somebody wanted a hairy ass, we are so getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And I'm going right along with you. I'm kicking with you. Look, I'm like, let's do it. If we're going to talk about guys. <laughs> if somebody wanted, they didn't have a hairy ass for some reason. They wanted one. Could they rub Rogaine like on their ass uh, to get hairy? No, that is not going to work. First of all, first of all whoever said that. Does not... I did. <laughs> no, because Rogaine don't work like that. I think Rogaine, isn't it like dyeing your hair? That's not, this is stimulate hair growth, does it? I don't I know. Don't, well, they mentioned that it, they used it to, um, I guess grow their beard almost. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, there has to be hair there already. And then it, I guess, kind of latches on or does something. I don't know. If somebody knows how Rogaine works, tweet me and let me know. Um, Please. But... And, and at Brother Ghoulish. Because I, <laughs> I actually really, I'm like really curious right now. And I'm probably a few years out from using Rogaine, so it will help <laughs> a lot. Because it's like, if it works on your beard, why don't it work anywhere else where there's hair at? <laughs> I'm not with you. Look, because these damn shivers aren't stimulating hair growth. They're no, stimulating sexual desire. They are. <laughs> and that's the other thing. These people are still themselves, but it's just they're, all of their inhibitions are gone. So they're still doing things they would normally do at points in this movie. But they're attacking people and forcing themselves on people, whether it's actually having sex or just kissing Anything within that range, they will do. Or even the little parasites biting them, which apparently burns their skin. Like, kind of like um, xenomorphs, almost. Oh, you know what? To be honest, because we're, we're continually bringing up that franchise, do you think that Aliens was maybe a little bit inspired by this No Shade? I, w- I definitely could see it. Oh, now I'm wondering what is the first, like, parasite going into your body kind of movie because i don't even know but it could be because it came out after this these things go inside of your body um acid acidic blood because they mentioned something about whether they're when their juices or blood gets into your bloodstream so it's very possible you know i watch it on prime where they have x-ray and I'm actually pulling it up now, so I'm going to do it casually in our conversation. But um, I, I just want to see if they mention it, because I'm just very curious. But I'm just letting you know if you hear typing. It's not me being oh, okay. disrespectful. Oh. Don't even worry. This is, I'm already, they can hear me drinking from this glass. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, me too. I'm trying to keep it real classy, but this jacket's <laughs> gone. So <laughs> Let me see. Nick's wife, Janine. I really felt for Janine in this movie. Um, she tries to take care of him because he has he's having stomach issues. I kind of look he was like this is when people like men are babies like we're babies when we're sick, and she's trying so hard to take care of him and he's basically blowing her off off. But but that's because his little uh, parasite is talking to him, kind of. Yeah. Which in my mind, wait, okay, so we're going to get to that because I feel like he was talking to his dick at one point, but it wasn't his dick. It was to the parasite. <laughs> 
first of all, that would be hot. <laughs> if you, I, oh, I cannot go down that tangent. We'll, we'll talk later. I can't, I can't, that's, actually, a different, that's a different route. We are we'll here. We're actually at this moment. Okay, so Janine, she's crying. She's like, I'm trying to help you. Why won't you let me help you? Blah, blah, blah. And she leaves. And he ignores her. And he starts talking to his abdomen, which is like uh, bubbling up. And you start to see something growing out of his stomach, going in and out. And he's like, come here, boy. Yeah, boy. There we go, boy. Da, da, da. I feel like that's something some some men might be saying to their dicks, right? Like it's oh, for sure. So for it sure. was very that to me. Like you're talking to it because it's getting hard, or you want it to get hard, or whatever. And she comes in, and then it goes back down, which is actually kind of funny to me. Then we get to the clinic, and Roger sees this older man that I mentioned earlier. He's also having stomach convulsions because he slept with Annabelle earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Roger speculates that it's uh, it might be an STD and he wants to send him to the hospital to get checked out. And then we have the, um, not Hobbs, but the other doctor that was working with him, or I keep calling him the doctor, scientist that was working with Hobbs and he calls Roger down to tell him what was actually going on because he's reading the notes from Hobbs. And this is when he finds out he was trying to turn everybody into um, uh, Freak Leak or um, <laughs> BT Uncut or <laughs> Breed It Roll. Oh. So he's trying, to turn he's trying to turn people into, well, in a way, he's trying to release people, release them from themselves. I mean, sexual oppression is a real thing. So it is. I think sometimes I suffer from that, honestly. I think we all do. Like, I mean, listen, I I did not finish when I, you know, did my psychology major. So if I sound like an idiot, check check me. But I feel like I feel like isn't that one of the biggest demands? Like you you need to eat, but you also need to get laid. Like that's up there, right? If yes. those things Maslow's order of things, I can't remember like Maslow. Like literally, like if you haven't gotten laid and you haven't got a meal. You won't kill everybody. I think it was in like Psychology 101. You're going to murder everybody. Like, I feel like that was on page one. I mean, I was too busy getting laid in the laundromat, so I'm not sure. <laughs> but I feel like I'm kind of close. <laughs> that is, I w- so sometimes I think there might be something broken with some of us, or we just might be different. Because I, I actually was having a conversation with somebody who was saying like they get angry if they're not able to uh, fulfill certain things. Let's just say that. And I was like, oh, I don't get like that. Although maybe I can be bitchy and I don't realize that's the reason. I do. I do. <laughs> like, I do. And it bleeds over so heavy that the longer that y'all are around me, the more you'll notice like <laughs> the difference. Like, there'll be a very clear demarcation between like, okay, it's been a minute. And like, oh, he's in a good mood this morning. If y'all ever get like a good morning with the sun and all that shit, yes. uh, just know. Just know that the laundromat was lit that night. Mm. That's all you needed. <laughs> Those morning ones, it's like, ooh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Child, yes. Get me together before I get in this shit with these these people I can't fucking oh. stand. Oh, thank you, Mano, if you don't believe in Jesus. It's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> or you said Mano. Oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> Shout out to the craft fans. Um, let's see, Hobbs. So Hobbs goes further into he's well, Hobbs uh writings. He believes that modern humans have become overly intellectual and estranged from their primal impulses. Not wrong. Um, 
his ambitions with this parasitic invention was to reassert humanity's unbridled, sexually aggressive instincts. And he used Annabelle as a guinea pig. And I'm like, okay, so you chose some underage girl mm-hmm. to, to do this. Oh, where are her parents? Yeah, because like she was in a schoolgirl uniform the whole time, so it was screaming that she should have still been in her parents' life. Like, was she emancipated at youth or something? Ooh, that's a good point. Do emancipated kids go to school? I don't know. They go to school still, yeah. Um, I only knew one kid that was legally emancipated, but laws are different everywhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so in D.C., like, the guy, he still went to school and stuff. It's just he was emancipated from his family. So he was living, like, in an apartment, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But he um, he still had to go to school. It was part of the requirements to stay emancipated. You can't, like, be a truant, and you can't, like, have, like, all these other things going on. Okay. See. Hmm. Let me not. I, I, I used to, as a kid, be like, okay, that would be interesting and not have a parent around telling me what to do, but those are situations that are... That was me being a little bratty kid. Oh, same. I was bratty, because, like, I literally... I When I heard that he was emancipated, I was like, shit, let me get the paperwork. Let me get emancipated. <laughs> and I started going through the process, and I'm happy that the Lord intervened, because <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I would have been doing. Like... I, it just seems glamorous to be out on your own. But now that I'm an adult paying bills, uh, yeah, I'd be okay with, like, going back a few decades. Guess, take care of me now at 34, okay? I will Please. I, I will deal with the occasional being cursed out, doing the dishes. And I have, like, some tea for you that you're going to like. David Cronenberg, this is through the x-ray, I pulled it up for you, has mentioned that he believes that Dan O'Bannon borrowed heavily from the creatures in this film for his own movie Alien in 79. We called it. <laughs> we called it. Mm-hmm. I, wow. Hmm. And you I'm going to text Alien? you the screenshot for your own personal uh, <laughs> collection. I got you, but keep going. Because even Alien is very, in just in the way that they infect people, seems so sexual to me. It's so phallic. Every, something's being shoved in somebody's throat. And I don't know, was it what was it? Eggs or something being shoved down there? Mm-hmm. I hmm. look at us. We we okay, we figuring shit out now. Okay. So we're at the scenes now where some people are infected and they're starting to kind of <sighs> they're not like you said, they're like zombies but not zombies. Mm-hmm. So they're like still conscious of what's going on, but they're like, oh, one woman who got attacked in the laundry, the laundromat. She was like, um, not the laundromat, but she, wherever they fuck, they wash their clothes. Um, <laughs> right. She's like, I need love. I need love. And she snatches some dude up and brings him into the laundry room. <laughs> and she has her way with him. And there's random people showing up while everything is going on. There's like an elevator scene where it looks like a mother and daughter in the elevator and some man who, I don't know what he's squeezing in his hand, ice cream or pie or some shit. He goes into the elevator, starts kissing up on the mother and the girl's screaming and they shut the elevator door so you're to assume, and we are confirmed later, that they end up um, infected Mm -hmm. or released, however you look at it. Um, we also have another older couple, this woman who is using a walker. One of the parasites is like crawling up her walker and her husband's just like standing like, Ooh, what is this? Oh, uh. 
He's not doing shit. <laughs> She's getting bit up by this thing. And then she falls to the ground and then he kills it. I, I was wondering if they get um, infected by this bite or does it have to like, they have to actually get one inside of them. That wasn't clear to me either. And the film, I think, was brilliantly paced, but I, I didn't pick that up either. It felt a little in, you know, if you don't feel this and read me, I'm not sensitive. <laughs> But it, it felt a little disjointed. Like, it felt like they were jumping all around at a certain point, and I wasn't getting any, a clear idea of, like, how these things really, really work. Yeah, I was wondering, because I can't help, while watching this, thinking of movies, more modern movies like Slither or anything that, or has, uh, or even from the 80s, like um, Night of the Creeps, where you have these, like, worm parasites that are, like, jumping and shit. So in my mind, I'm expecting shit like that to happen, but it's, they're just kind of moving along slowly and somehow get inside these people, which they get inside of Janine, who I guess I would be considered the mistress in this situation because she's with Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Janine, she was, she's like confiding in her friend. I think her name's Betty. We just gonna call her Betty because I don't really remember. Um, Betty. And, um, explaining the situation to her but Betty later on is in the bathtub running a bath and one of these parasites comes up through the drain even though she has a stopper in the drain and there's I'm trying to think maybe a night of the demons kind of thing going on the parasite going up her vagina I think that's what was happening <laughs> yeah I, I like that they did it tastefully because I think that's what was going on and when when Betty was like, you know, luxuriating, just so you know, I was like, mood. Like, literally, <laughs> the radio is blaring, you know, all these people are dying, and, and, and they're talking about her building. Like, it's just like, mm, mm. oh, and, you know, she's pulling off her negligee, <laughs> she's pouring up her Chablis, and she's, <laughs> she's living the fantasy. And I respect you, Betty. I do. She was she was a whole mood. Oh, her name's Betts. Okay, excuse me, Betts. And um, she exactly she changes it to something else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have Linsky who tells Roger about what's going on. He's going to meet him at the apartment of Nick. Everybody trying to get up with Nick. I don't know what this this is about, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants him to meet him at Nick. Nick is trying to seduce Janine. And his way of doing it is very, you will make love to me. You are my wife. You da, 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 da. You started. I don't think I remember how to. Which is a little strange. Because then it's like, are they not fully themselves consciously? Mm, good point. But he was rough. Yeah. Okay, like rough. He- yeah, and not in an attractive way. Like it was, it was amped up too high. He was trying. He was like, "You're beautiful." She's like, "I, I need my contacts. Hold up, <laughs> I need to see you." You know what? That scene made me very upset because, like, that's a real thing that I don't think they talk about enough. Yes. Like in horror, intermarital rape. Like that's real. Like when people. And once again, you know, I'm happy that the trigger one is at the beginning because I feel like this is the turning point of the film where you're seeing so much more like aggression and sexual act. But 
yeah, that's a real thing. You know, people saying no within a marriage, but then feeling obligated to continue because of that of that marriage. Like no means no. Like that's on period. Even if you're you're married to one another. Even if you're in the middle of it. You're like Yeah. Be it. But there are definitely people who feel like if we are some people, even if you're not married, if we are together, I'm expecting you to give it up whenever I want it. Which to mm-hmm. me sounds like sex slavery a little bit. Um, and I'm not really yeah. for it. But, you know, people have argued against me in that aspect. So whatever. But I agree. It def- This is the turning point in the movie where things get a little more intense and um, forceful. Mm-hmm. Like they're full on fighting people, dragging them to the ground. I mean, you have the mother and daughter in the elevator and the other man who are completely turned now. And they attack some other dude. Two of them hold him down on the ground while the little girl kisses him, basically, to put a parasite in his mouth. So, like, this is what's going on throughout all the different apartments in this place. Also, side note, the the protagonist is actually kind of cute himself. It's just the hair's not working for me. Um, so we're back with Nick and Janine. And she's still trying to fight him off. She leaves because he won't stop. And then he... Well, before she leaves, she sees one of the parasites coming out of his mouth. (laughs) Like, he's been acting fucked up this whole time. Like, he's shivering, shaking, bleeding. And she's trying to keep together, trying to do her quote-unquote wifely duties, crying at the same time. But eventually, when she sees that, she's like, okay, yeah, I'm good. So she leaves the apartment and she goes to see Betts, who she normally would be able to confide in. But Betts is feeling her oat. <laughs> Betts wants a little taste of the kitty. Like she, is, she is not worried about all of these horny zombies taking over Starlight Enterprise, whatever it's called. I can't remember the name. Ooh, Betts turned around. And they did a whole slow-mo, too, and she came to her place. Like I don't know if she put makeup or something on. Like had a, like a, a lot of these movies have these she's all that makeovers which are not really anything. Janine is crying in her lap and I, I'm trying to think what sign would be this 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 um, dismissive. Like she's crying, trying to express herself. She's like, "Oh Janine, don't do, don't you do I feel good? I I want you to make love to me while this woman's crying." Make love to me. Is this a Scorpio? I don't know. Oh, a Scorpio. <laughs> Crying in a lap. And they're like, okay, yeah, but what about this nut? Basically. <laughs> all, all that energy. Alright, so Beth seduces Janine and they start to kiss. And you see one of the parasites, like there's a lump in her throat. And it's not an Adam's apple. And it's rising up, and then it goes into Janine's throat, and Janine's giving it back to her. So you're like, oh, she's done. She's gone. She's gone. Because <laughs> she's enjoying it now. And then now we're, we're also seeing more and more of the residents being infected and attacking each other. Or sexually assaulting each other. <laughs> Roger, on your perspective, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so Roger's kind of skulking around, trying to figure out what's going on. And... Um, I forgot to mention this. The nurse also was working with him, Forsyth. Earlier in the movie, she's trying to seduce him by taking her clothes off and kissing on him. And he doesn't respond. And so at this point, she gets attacked by someone. 
but she fights him off. She stabs him with like a, a what's that fork that you use when you're barbecuing? It's a big ass fork. Um, she runs off to tell Roger. Roger looks, the person is gone. And then we have Linsky, the scientist who worked with Hobbs earlier. He finally shows up to the towers and he goes to Nick's apartment. Roger identified Nick as someone who Annabelle might have been infected with. So he's going there to check on him, basically. But when he moves the covers, he sees it looks like multiple parasites are like coming out of his abdomen. Mm hmm. And I don't know why he's examining him more closely. And then one of them latches onto his face, which obviously is going to burn him. Then he tries to take it off with a plier. Nick wakes up and kind of acts like this is his baby. This is mad. He's trying to kill the parasite. So Nick kills him and swallows the parasite. It's 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 a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. I did read that Cronenberg was like he understands that um, I guess effect wise the parasites are not really the best. But he was also like I don't give a fuck enough to go back and change this. Let's just chalk it up to it's the 70s and that's just what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, I respect that. Okay. <laughs> I do too. And it's it's definitely like not tone deaf to the reality of the 70s. <laughs> so that also helps. Uh, we get Nurse Forsyth. She is running through the uh, the tower, the apartment complex, and she's finding like dead bodies <laughs> everywhere. People chasing her. She gets to the parking lot, gets to her car, and she's trying to get out. And then some man gets in the car trying to attack her. And then we have Roger, who was taking his sweet-ass time to stop this man, by the way. (laughs) He, He took a gun from him, but he literally took a good 15, 20 seconds to try to shoot him. Not even pull him off, shoot him. So that he collapses on top of her. So he does that. Then, by the way, this is a quick movie. For some reason, I thought this was two hours. This was less than an hour and a half. Yeah it it was a, it was a a, a, a perfect pace. Mm-hmm. Like as you know, like um, Sheree and Jamie, and also um, Jazz from Girl That's Scary. That's like their ideal film length, and it's it's real. Like ninety minutes, I think is like a, a good cap. And there's the rare exception, obviously, because right. like Hereditary, which I just watched today, like two hours long, but yes. totally worth it. So good. Like they earned all of those two hours. Tony Collette. I mean, really. mm. Mm. no awards, none. One day when y'all have time, we should just talk about that film. Just honestly, just discuss oh, yes. it. I, yeah, I'm definitely in for that. I love Hereditary. Mm, so good. A little confused, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not all films need to be that long, though. Like, because right. even with Shiver, like being ninety minutes, I think that was the perfect length for them to kind of like under, like for us to understand what the parasites are, mm-hmm. for us to have like a huge top-heavy cast, but then see kind of how they all sift out in the end, yeah. And for the movie to reach its climax, I mean, and I guess sometimes I have to remember, like. In these scenarios, these people would not know anything. So we like we are viewers maybe expecting some kind of answers, which we really don't always need to get. But 
These are people who are going through a scenario and something's happening to them. Nobody's sitting here asking like, "Ooh, well, how do they? How many? How many different ways can they do this?" You just mm-hmm. trying to get the fuck away from them. So now and I wonder if they did have other scenes that explain more, but they were like, "It's not necessary." Most likely, because you know how that is. Like sometimes when films get um, put together, they have like a lot that gets cut out at the end. Um, but yeah, that's highly likely. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, let's see here. So now, we're, okay. So Roger saves uh, for Nurse Forsyth, right? Uh, they go to Nick's apartment. I don't know why the fuck he goes to Nick's apartment, but he kills Nick in the apartment. And then now it's about trying to escape. And so he stops and is talking to Forsyth, and she's going. She's having a very. She's having a moment. And she's going into a dream or a nightmare that she had the night before about being sexual with an older man. And she's it's, it's heavy on the sex. And you're like, okay. Part of me was like, well, I can't tell because earlier you were trying to fuck him while he was talking to somebody on the phone. So I don't know. It's kind of like um, the faculty. It, is this you or is this not you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she she full on she's trying to kiss him and then the parasites at her mouth and he punched the shit out of her in her face <laughs> and it felt unnecessary he didn't have to hit her like that I mean I would punch the shit out of her and then obviously left her alone so now it's basically just Roger trying to get out of this apartment building everyone it seemingly everyone has turned so he is now. Um, there's a scene where he is downstairs with her walking away and there's like these plaques almost and then all these different residents bust through them making out with each other probably doing other shit that we can't see and he's on his own running through he gets to a big pool the pool that they were talking about in the promo the olympic sized pool and um he sees Forsyth in there he sees Betts and he sees Janine getting their life in that pool by themselves and he tries to escape he gets outside of the towers and this is when I was like okay so it is it not just inside because now there are people also approaching trying to get with him these are all pansexuals by the way apparently yeah yeah which I kind of was here for so <laughs> it's like yeah don't give me any like oh I don't do that with men uh, parasite, parasitic people so he then retreats back inside. Why? I do not know. I actually really love this scene because he ends up pushed into the pool and all the different residents jump in and then Forsyth kisses him and then he kisses back and he is turned. And that is essentially the end of the movie. He's yeah. turned and then as the morning is approaching, all of these people are getting into their cars to go back to the mainland and you hear over the radio that there have been a um, reports of sexual assaults. So now it's we, you, we know it's spreading out into Montreal. It isn't just going to be on this island. And that's the end of the movie. So quick but effective. Yeah, for sure. It gets the point across. But it was de- it definitely was very <laughs> it, it, it had me really like I said earlier, struggling with a lot of shit. Because I was like, if they weren't forceful and basically raping these people would I kind of be okay with this 
I don't know. Like, if they were just like, listen, I just want to get my life right now. I, oh, wait. There were moments that were creepy, though. There was a father and daughter in mm-hmm. the apartment. The father was like, oh, have you met my daughter? I don't know. Emily. She's a beautiful girl. And then they kiss. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is like no restrictions. Y'all could do anything. And mm. I agree. I agree. I kind of feel like another creepy scene was um, the elevator scene that you talked about. Mm. Like seeing, like for them to film the little girl kissing that grown man, I felt like it was just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I would have enjoyed the film a lot more if there wasn't so much like sexual assault and things that felt like pedophilia. Right. There was a lot of that. A lot. Which, in my mind, which states that the doctor did not think that there should be any of these limitations. If this was his exact plan. I don't know if he... Because he wanted people to release their inhibitions and just be their sexual selves. Now, whether he wanted them to be uh, pedophiles and incestuous, that I don't know. But cause, because then again, I'm wondering, like, why did he try to kill her? Like, what was the it, reason for that? I don't understand that either. Um, because like, like you, like you're saying, it feels like he was trying to remove just all human sexual inhibitions. Like he wanted to open up everything as much as humanly possible and let the chips fall where they may. But then it it does call to question: Why did he massacre Annabelle to get that thing out of her? Um. And they probably did a good job explaining it, and maybe it got lost mm-hmm. because, like, the one thing the film does do um, is it does jump quite a bit. Like, I yeah. feel like there's some things that could have been maybe strewn together for a tighter, cohesive shift. Agreed. You know, like, head jumping, I think, is necessary in this type of environment where it is an apartment complex and there are so many lives being impacted. But if they would have just kind of, like, coupled some of those instances together, it would have felt more cohesive. But I definitely don't think from what I recall that they explained why, despite him wanting this eventual infestation for everyone, he ended up taking all of that brutal measure on Annabelle. I can't remember. I don't know. So part of me is wondering, like, okay, they made this film... In a time where there were a lot of things that people, whether they frowned upon it or not, they still did it. It is not as policed, I would say, or or they're not held accountable like they are now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like for me, I don't again, I don't know if this movie would work in this way. It reminded me. So there is a comic that is called The Cross, right? So if you, I don't think you're going to find this at regular <laughs> places that... Uh, sell comic books but essentially what this is an an infection has taken over and what this infection does it kind of does a similar thing it releases you of all of your inhibitions literally all of them so these Mm -hmm. people they're infected and you can tell they're infected because they have these these boils or kind of rashes on their face that create a cross and so they are killing they are fucking they are doing everything in this comic book and the way that they infect is through bodily fluids. So they intentionally do things to get other people infected. 
So they will use uh, weapons and cover it in bodily fluids, whether it be blood or something else. And they will attack others to get them infected as well. But they will sleep with anyone, kill anyone, harm themselves. Now, now the horror side of me is like, I kind of want to see this in a movie. But I don't think they would ever do that. Like, yeah, no. But that that's what this kind of clicked in my head and I was thinking about it. I think it is on Amazon if y'all do want to check it out. If you're sick like I am. But other than that... <laughs> it is on Amazon. That's what I watched it on. So, um, yeah, this movie was... Would you recommend this movie to people today? I mean, I would, like you did a great job of at the beginning of this episode, like I would definitely let people know the trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if people feel like they can stomach it, I would say it's worth seeing the parallels between this and Alien. I would say that there are like two really cool points that I think should be explored um, as much as possible in horror. Um, the thing that you talked about where um, you can maybe re- like have a failing organ replaced with a parasite that functions in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. That's like some real, that's, I feel like that's the gold of what this film offered to the horror community. Like if people wanted to kind of play into that a little bit more. Um, so there are things that work and you know, the person that played Nick is, you know, he's easy on the eyes, Mm -hmm. but I just kind of on the opposite side of that, I would be reluctant to recommend it to people just because of some of the, the sexual, you know, violence. Cause like that part I feel could have just been toned down more. And the fact that it made me uncomfortable and it scared me showed that Cronenberg did his job, you know, having written and directed this yeah. because I was I was scared. And to, to be someone who is so desensitized watching so much horror, that says a lot because I don't normally feel like this. So I was like, OK, well, maybe that's what he was going for. I don't know. So, yeah, I guess yes and no. I, I guess it depends on what people's comfort level is. I'd say watch it. Yeah, I agree. I think I'd probably like. Okay, so what other movies do you like? And then I would gauge from there. <laughs> if, they're, if they're like, oh, I only like, um, I don't know, Paranormal Activity. I'm like, okay, maybe not. I don't know. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it depends. Now, if they mention some other shit that's insane, then I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you'll be fine. You can handle it. You know, it just it, it's one of those works that definitely speaks for itself. Like, if there is any type of underlying message... Um, because the sexuality is so in your face, you get it immediately anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I I imagine I feel like this movie probably made a good a good little change because I don't imagine this budget was that high. So oh, yeah. depending <laughs> on how much they made, like they might have made a grip off of this. Also, check out other Cronenberg movies. Oh, for sure. So definitely check out The Brew. Like a lot of these. <laughs> are really good there are plenty i haven't seen that i really want to check out now but the few that i have seen i'm really a fan of like especially the fly i feel like most people have seen the fly um but definitely check those out you know fly scanners video drone you know him sticking his hand in his stomach and shit but um right go ahead and let them know where they can find you one more time you can find me at brother ghoulish on all social media things you won't find me in laundromats anymore because I'm 31 now and I have a mortgage. Um, but you <laughs> but you can find Brother Ghoulish's tomb 
wherever podcasts are played. Yes. And you can find me in apartment 1511 in in the towers with Nicholas. I will absolutely be doing horrible things in there with him. But other than Mm. that, um, I thank you for coming on. I had a good time with you. And again, I specifically wanted you for something like this because I knew you would bring something extra to this. And it wouldn't just be for face value. Well, thank you. Like, I'm I'm flattered that you brought me on. I've already listened to all your episodes. Okay. I'm a huge fan of what you're doing, and I'm flattered. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And you have an open invitation, of course. Yeah. Even, even if there's a movie, you're like, look, I watched this. I want to talk about it. Let Ooh, it okay. Yay. Okay, perfect. I can take almost anything. Almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> Only movie I've seen... I was like, I'm about to walk out is Bug, which came out years ago. Um, with Ashley Judd. Something's going on with her and this man she met at the bar. He thinks there are bugs crawling on him and they're stuck. They lock themselves in a hotel room or motel. They're, it's, it's, um, I don't know what the fuck is going on in that movie. If any of you know, <laughs> let me know at ThackerryBingham86 on Twitter because that movie... For me, was a lot. I've never wanted to walk out of a movie before. That is the only one. Thank you again for joining. Um, if you would like to come on for an episode of The People Under the Scares, you can go ahead and email me at pplunderscares at gmail.com or just send us a DM on Twitter, people underscore scares. Or if you just are interested in hearing me talk my ridiculous nonsense on Twitter, it's at ThackerryBanks86. And y'all again. follow him. He he's the page is lit. I'm trying to tell y'all. Follow him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As we're going through this, I'm really trying to think what I'm gonna do for this skit. I, I I'm I'm still thinking of ideas, but I'll let you know. I know it's gonna it. be good. It's gonna be great. I just know it. It's gonna be hard. I can't be sexy forcefully, so I don't know how this is gonna <laughs> work. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna seduce. In this seat, this is going to be, and I hope my mother don't listen to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, have a good night. Good night, y'all.